G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Of course, there's nothing more painful, is there, than the battles that often go on in our families, whether it's between husband and wife or could be conflict with domineering in-laws, could be teenagers going through rebellious seasons of their lives, or if you're desperately trying to make a blended family work, but you realize that there are some special conflicts that happen when you've got a blended family. So a conversation today about family infighting with a Christian angle here, how to fight fair, how to build that family culture that might enable you to live in some level of peace and harmony. While some situations are resolved over time, others can go on for months. Sometimes conflicts can go on for years. And it may be that the way we learn to resolve our battles at home help to form the character that can help us to solve the battles more broadly in our lives, in our workplace or in our local church or issues that develop within our wider communities. Well, Brett Ryan leads Focus on the Family in Australia. It is a wonderful organisation offering relevant, practical support for all members of the family. Brett's back with us. Brett Ryan, a special welcome to 2020. Thanks for allowing me to be with you. Brett, well, we're on to an issue here that I suspect listeners might like to contribute to in a significant way because if you're a part of a family and you have a spouse, if you have children, if you have in-laws, if you have people who are a part of your family even more broadly, there's going to be times when you disagree. Now, uh, you can use all sorts of different terminology around this disagreement. Uh, We're going to be talking about family battles How do you describe these things, Brett? Well, in our family, we used to call it intense fellowship. So we're all together, (laughs) but there's that intensity, there's that tension in the air. And uh, uh, between my uh, wife or or with the kids, we have those moments where you can feel the tension. Um, But you're right. Whenever there are two or more people in a room, there's going to be difference of opinions. There's different backgrounds, different perspectives, different experiences. And there's always going to be potential for misunderstanding, miscommunication and conflict. And so knowing that it's going to be there is half the battle. Because uh, a lot of people may go into it and they've never been role modeled healthy conflict resolution, and they might get married because they never saw mum and dad fight, and um, so then they thought, oh, what have I got myself into? So I think it's really important that this topic we're talking about is not only uh, benefiting the the here and now, but it's preparing your kids later on because it's going to happen to them how they're going to resolve their conflict with their siblings, conflict with their future spouse, and when they have their own kids. So it's a really, really important lesson to talk about. Brett, we handle conflict differently, don't we? And different people, different horses, different courses. The idea that some will just go quiet and they'll 
in some ways cocoon themselves, try and shelter from the battle. Uh, others are coming out all guns blazing, and hopefully not literally, but uh, even to the point of uh, physical violence that can happen within families as well. And this is not a domestic violence type of a conversation today. Let's hope it's uh, around some more positive things uh, in, in uh, resolving things before you get to those sorts of points. But people handle things differently, don't they? Yeah, very much so. And that's a lot to do with family of origin. And we could just talk about that alone. Where and how we were brought up has a significant part on how we do life, how we observed our, our parents, how they communicated, how they handled conflict, how they dealt with their finances, um, how they were physically demonstrative or not demonstrative, whether they, how they parented, how they dealt with stress, their work ethic, um, and even how they express their faith. All of these things encompass and prepare us um, with an observation, if you like. And if we don't um, make intentional decisions, we tended to default to the things that we're familiar with. So we might have said things like, I'll never be like my dad, or I'll never be like my mother, or, I'll never, I'll never do those things. But unless you make an intentional decision, those family of origin will come and surface itself. And, and you know, you're right that some families, they're very loud and very boisterous, and other families are very quiet and very reserved. It doesn't make one right and the other one wrong. It just means it's a difference. And so when we go into, our, you know, our relationship, a marriage relationship, you were brought up with one tribe, your spouse was brought up with another tribe, and then it can often lead to tribal warfare because we've got a difference of opinion, a different experience, a different family of origin. And so when we recognize that, it can actually help us move forward in a much more healthier way to recognize that the past is the past and now it's the present and moving forward and making some intentional decisions not to default to the things that you didn't like. But there's some things that you do like and there's things that we do embrace, the culture and there's things that are aspects that we can really um, gravitate to. You know, we don't just throw everything out but we can actually have these conversations. And that's the really the important thing is having good, healthy conversations, good dialogues, hearing from one another as you set up a new way of doing things in your own family. The new way of doing things, I think this is an important thing for us to pick up on today because whenever you have a new marriage, you have a husband, you have a wife, and as you say, they've brought their own background, uh, their own family upbringing, their own baggage to this new marriage. But this new marriage then uh, results in a new family and you've got children who are involved here. So having the new marriage, the husband, the wife, uh, the idea of then actually being on the same page and the beginning, and I guess it's an intentional thing you've got to set out to do, is to actually form your own culture for your family and part of that's going to be how you resolve conflict it, it is like a yeah. family culture thing we're talking about here isn't it very much so if we just go back to the you know simply the the very beginning in genesis where it says for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife it's actually saying i'm leaving the family home i'm leaving the um the the familiarity, the things of, the, of what I have experienced in the past, and I'm starting and I'm cleaving to my wife. I'm starting afresh. We can take aboard, as I said, some of the things that we really like, and there's those things that we don't like, and so we have to start afresh. And as you said before, when you start that new family, you're new cleaving together, united in one flesh, but united together with a, a new way, a, a new way of communicating, a new way of dealing with stress, a new way of dealing with finances. All these things are very exciting, 
but it takes two to make the relationship work and it has to be done equally and it has to be allowed everyone to be heard, everyone to be validated, everyone to actually have a voice and not to be dominated over and, and share this new relationship, this new family dynamic because it can set your family up for success and it actually really, when you think about it, it's actually setting up your great-grandchildren for success. The things that you establish now are so very, very vitally important. Brett, you might hope that some of these things are worked out in courtship time. Now, we're talking before marriage here, uh, when you can make those sorts of assessments about your husband's family or about your wife's family, and that might give you some clues. I'm sure it doesn't always give you the whole picture, but I imagine that when you are courting, when you are in those uh, preparation times before you might marry that you actually might take some of those things into consideration uh, what are your thoughts for uh, you know for a little bit of uh, you know uh, an evaluation of what you're getting yourself into that's very true i think i i heard the saying you go in uh, to marriage with your eyes wide open and once you're married you have to half close them because things that you may not necessarily like the things that you thought were cute the things that you thought you could tolerate then they become much bigger um i do absolutely agree that you can go in with observations and you can pick up the family dynamics especially if you spend time with how the family relates to one another these are really good indicators uh they're not deal breakers per se but if you go in with the idea of oh when i get them married and then they're under my my care i will change them uh that doesn't always work that way if you don't accept them for who they are now it will all those things can exacerbate all those things can compound and become irritating and uh, become very frustrating so i think it's really important to be as honest and transparent and as vulnerable during those courting years or months uh as much as possible because Things will come to the surface, and, and, and you, as I said, you have to have your eyes wide open uh, and pick up things and cues, the way that they dealt with stress, the way that they dealt with anger, the way that they um, communicated with one another. These are really good observations to see how their mum and dad um, responded to one another, and maybe even their grandparents, how they responded to one another and how the siblings related to one another. Because these are the things, the patterns of behaviours, because as I said, family of origin has a significant part of, of the foundational aspects of your relationship and uh, to either be uh, one to build up or they can actually potentially tear down. And so I really think it's important, especially if you've got listeners here who've got children who are courting and they're considering that this is their lifelong partner, um, let them and encourage them to have those uh, courageous conversations about how their future relationship is going to look like. Because unfortunately, many relationships, um, we don't declare our true self we, you know we're we're hunting we're we're looking for the the conquest of my husband or my wife and 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 we don't always say reveal the true ourselves the true self and we can put up false guards and you know we can be on our best behavior and it's not really the real you so i always say see the four seasons see four seasons and then you can actually see them in not just a 12 month period but the seasons of ups the downs the highs the lows Wow, this is good stuff. And let me just honour, focus on the family for a moment here, because for decade upon decade, Focus on the Family has been working with these sorts of issues and with a dimension that you don't get 
when you go along to a secular counsellor, secular psychologist and say, we're having family troubles, how do I work things out? And you'll get lots of great wisdom from the secular psychologist, but they won't have a dimension that fa- that focus on the family brings to these sorts of issues. And I'm talking here, Brett, about the wisdom of God and family, uh, because as Christian believers... We would say the family is God's idea, the idea of a husband and a wife in a lifelong relationship and uh, making things work for your whole life and not just until you get tired of that particular spouse or you want to detach yourself from a family. Focus on the family's got this dimension about it, and it's a godly dimension. Give us some insights here into your understanding uh, of the wisdom of God and the impact of that on on families. Very much so, and... and I mean, all throughout the scriptures, it, 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 it actually talks about that there is going to be potential for conflict. I mean, in the book of James, it talks about why do you quarrel and you fight? Because you, you, you want something, you don't get it. And, and that's the start of most, most conflict is because we want something, we had an expectation, it wasn't met, and, and that leads to the battles that within us. And we quarrel and we fight and we kill, not necessarily physically kill, which hopefully we don't get that far, but we kill with our words, or we kill with our attitude, or we kill with our actions. And, um, and all throughout the, the Scriptures, it talks about, uh, especially in the New Testament, talking about make every effort to live at peace with everyone, to build one another up, it says in, uh, in, in Romans. Let us do all we can to live in peace, and let us work hard to build up one another. There's so much wisdom. And then in the book of Proverbs, it talks about guarding the tongue and, and how so important it is that it can either be a, you know, it's the, it's the thing of the life and death. Our, the power of our words is significant. So all scattered throughout the scripture, it actually realizes, hey, we are different. We are uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we don't all come from the same cookie cutter approach. We all have a different perception of things, but we have to be very sensitive to that and, and honor that and respect that and, and value one another, and value our differences, uh, male and female, but also and different males and different females all have different ways of dealing things. And so we have to be very vigilant about making every effort to live at peace with one another. And that includes our spouse, that includes our kids, that includes our in-laws, that includes our neighbours, our work colleagues, everywhere we come into contact. It takes work. It's not necessarily easy, and we're not necessarily, well, I have to say, not everyone is attuned to healthy conflict, and a lot of people either avoid conflict altogether, and unfortunately, if they keep on doing that, it'll come and trip them up somewhere along the line, and then other people sort of relish the conflict. And they might say something or do something in the spur of the moment that they can't take back. And that's the reason why we have to, you know, as the book of James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And a lot of people say, oh, that's so wise. Where does that come from? The book of James. And (laughs) there's so much wisdom that we can get from the Bible. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020. On Vision Christian Radio. Brett Ryan, who leads Focus on the Family in Australia, is our guest. There is a website for Focus on the Family and tremendous resources. So if you take nothing more away from the conversation today than somewhere to go for great resources, 
families.org.au, families.org.au. Brett Ryan, let's uh, quickly touch on uh, a scenario or two and uh, what comes to mind uh, for you may be, you know, what people are coming uh, to you and the sorts of things people inquire about so far as the needs that they have when there is family conflict. Uh, What comes to mind as the most significant thing that people often uh, will, will say is a problem for our family? Oh, there's so many. I could, you know, there's just, there's so many. I mean, I had a, a husband ring me up just yesterday and uh, his wife has asked him to leave and it's been building up and building up. And he, and I, and I said to him, I bet you never thought it would come to this. And it was because he had been not physically abusive, but emotionally abusive, not with his words um, in the sense of harshness, but, you know, very negative towards us. And, and this, and these scenarios happen time and time again. People have to wait till it's in crisis before uh, they do something about it. And, and I would like to be much more on the proactive side rather than the reactive side. But I had another phone call, or oh no, sorry, an email last week about a, a woman who was just saying that her, her in-law, her mother-in-law, was being very negative, very, very um, judgmental, wouldn't accept her, the way that she parented, and was very, very critical. And she was frustrated not only from the opinions of this mother-in-law, but also because her husband wasn't sticking up for her. And that's the reason I'm going back to that leave and cleave aspect that I mentioned earlier, that when you leave, you're leaving your influence of your mother and father and you're starting a, establishing a new family. And so I actually sent the advice and uh, to them about the, the most important thing is that a husband needs to, you know, put up on the serving towel, come and defend his wife and actually put his foot down and actually say, hey, the way that you treat my wife is you're actually treating me. And you're actually, if you continue to go this way, we will actually have to withdraw ourselves from the relationship until those things improve. And you won't have access to your grandchildren. And if that doesn't be the catalyst for them to get help, then nothing will. Um, and it's those type of things that we really need to be aware. There's some strategies, some practical things that we can help here at Focus on the Family, but also the biblical wisdom and, and knowing that God has given us the ability to uh, not be, uh, you know, to see ourselves as valuable, not put up with um, being treated poorly, uh, either whether it's in a marriage or whether it's from the in-laws or even from our kids or from even kids with their parents. You know, we are not meant to be doormats. We can't just say, hey, a good Christian person would actually put up with that type of thing. It's suffering for Jesus, so to speak. Uh, no, God wants us to uh, stand up for ourselves and, uh, and believe that we are worthy of being sons and daughters of the living God, which means that we have a high value, which means we don't put up with people treating us poorly. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Jenny in Hamilton, Victoria. Hi, Jenny. Welcome along. Thank you, Neil. What are your thoughts, Jenny? Um, oh, I just wanted to say, um, you know, being proactive about your relationship. I mean, I think, you know, marriage relationship is really the core of um, a lot of our issues with family, and um, the, we've been doing the uh, Alpha Marriage course with actually facilitated we just use the dvds it's quite a simple thing um to facilitate one and and we're on our third round now and um had some wonderful fruit and um and you know the fruit in our own marriage uh is (laughs) it's taken me a while but i finally realized that um 
you know, I need to talk things out. I really need to get it all out. And sometimes that can come across as whinging, but finally I get to the heart of it and I know what's really bothering me. And, um, yeah, that's just something that's uh, just been revealed to me recently. But, um, yeah, it's just really enriched our marriage, but we've just had some fantastic fruit with the other couples as well that are, are currently doing it and previous um, ones who've done it. So, Jenny, yeah. you're making a great point here, and let me ask you, those who've joined you to be couples as you go through a marriage course, uh, yeah. are they people who've had a marriage in crisis or are they people uh, who have said, no, uh, you know, um, we just want to enrich our marriage. We want to yeah. be prepared. It's like a preparation time for when the rough, rough, rocky road comes, uh, we're going to be readying ourselves. Yes, well, that, that's right. Um, so far, the couples we've had, I mean, we don't pry at all. You know, it's up to them to come for their own reasons. But, you know, the way we promote it is, is you know, you maintain your car. Why wouldn't you maintain your primary relationship? Um, but also uh, on the DVDs, there's a lot of couples um, that speak um, uh, through the various topics. And there's a number of those that actually have gone through full separation um, and, uh, you know, the, the course has been able to, to get them on the same page and back together and, right. and doing really well. So, Jenny, great thoughts in here. Uh, Brett, what are your thoughts for Jenny? Yeah, that's great, Jenny. I love the idea that, you know, you have to get and communicate your thoughts. Um, you know, your husband's not a mind reader, and you might be thinking it but not communicating it. So, you know, when your husband says something, how are you, and you go, I'm fine, I don't necessarily pick up the body language or the tone. And, and so as a husband, we might just say, oh, she said she was fine and away we go. Um, and so we really need to communicate clearly. And I think Jenny said that, you know, she needs to not bottle those things up, communicate that. And I love how the idea that she's, this is the third time around, she's still learning. And I think that's the having an attitude of wanting to uh, learn new things. Uh, we've, uh, um, you know, when we've done our marriage retreats, uh, even though we've done it a number of times, we've got people saying, can we come back again? And we're saying, well, it's the same content. And they said, no, we, we just pick up different things or different aspects. Uh, if we have a parenting seminar or a marriage seminar, the same thing. People go, oh, I didn't hear that last time. That's now more applicable. So I love that idea that um, you have to have a, an attitude of lifelong learning. Uh, we're always learning from our spouse. We're always uh, changing as the time and the seasons change. And we have to continue to discover who our wives are and, and who our husbands are. And I like to think that you know, we have to be a, a PhD in our spouse. And just when you thought you were graduating, then you have to start it again because of the new season, and then we have to go back to the starting again and go back to you know some of the early years, and then we go through the high school, secondary school, and uh, and then university, and then we get our PhD, and then it Brett, might change again. So have this attitude is always really positive. Uh, Brett Ryan, we're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Why don't we kick off with another call uh, in this particular segment and hear from Natalie in Bunbury? In WA. Natalie, thanks so much for waiting patiently. What are your thoughts? Yes, um, you know what, it's just it's, it's so important. Uh, as you say, you know, you come from different families, and I've also come from a different family where, uh, you know, Christian family where you sort of discuss things nicely, and I've never seen my mom and my dad fight that sort of stuff. So at the end of the day, you know, there's not bad stuff said about each other, and it's almost like you think, oh, no, that only happens on the Days of Our Lives programs out there. 
until you meet this wonderful man that is such a peacekeeper and a loving husband and a good husband. But then you meet your mother-in-law and you think, oh, my word, <laughs> nothing has prepared you for this. Uh, you know, to be honest, she's a lovely lady. Um, uh, my sister-in-law and myself are actually, we have connected after years and years and years of being in the same situation, not realizing, but we both Christians and we're just praying because it's, it's unnatural. It's, it's, we don't know, we don't know how to, to fight this fear at the moment. We just fight him on our knees and just declaring scriptures and, and binding and loosing spirits that are trying to break our families because, you know, you get to a stage where you just want to walk away because it's too much. It's too painful. It's well, too Natalie, you've got a, a mother-in-law issue here, and your mother-in-law is uh, domineering from what I can hear. Uh, let's yes. get some insights uh, from what you've heard from Natalie. Brett, what are your thoughts? Hi, Natalie, and thank you so much for calling and, and, and being brave enough to you know, share this. Um, it is very, very difficult, and, and as you said, your, your husband's the peacemaker, so... Um, one of the things that I've been encouraging him, uh, do you feel like he's supportive of you or not? To be honest, I think we, we for myself, uh, we have turned a very big corner. I think uh, just just the fact of acknowledging what has happened, I think it was the first time in 27 years that he's actually just acknowledged and said, you know what, I can see what's going on. I'm sorry, I don't know how to fix this. That has made a big yeah. turnaround for us. And we are building on that. And I mean, I couldn't ask for a better husband. I really could not. But I know that my sister-in-law is in the same situation and her marriage has just gone, has just taken a turn for the worst. And we really just literally, I'm back on my knees and we are declaring. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm scared about which angle my mother-in-law has taken here. I just, I can't, I don't know if she's maybe, a, look, she's been through a hard time. Her, her own husband left her and, um, but now she's clinging to her son. She's unnatural, like you have no idea. And I mean, there's a place for a mother in a marriage, and there's a place for a wife in a marriage, and we do not have to be the front runners. You know, it's not a, there shouldn't be a competition. Um, we just don't know. It's just the sons are too, maybe it's her personality so strong that they don't have the strength, or they are too scared to even take her on to say, what's going on here? It's not right, mom. Because that's what we're praying yeah. for, is for them to stand up as men in their families. Uh, we're not asking for her to disappear. We're not asking for any harm. We, we're just asking for, Mom, please, this is my wife. Please, this is my, my wife and my children. Please, let's just be respectful or something to that line. And she will immediately know. Natalie, I think you are it. wanting to hear how you might approach something here. I think it sounds like you've tried a whole lot of things uh, but the issue is not resolved. Uh, she is overbearing. No. And, uh, Brett, so when we talk about, you know, some practical possibilities here, what are your thoughts for Natalie? Yeah, that's, it's so very true. And it, and it sounds like it's been a frustration because it said, I think you just identified, it took 27 years for your husband to identify that there was an issue. And you feel like that's been a catalyst. That's a, that's a start. And 27 years is a long time. And maybe it's because he's, He's naturally a peacemaker and wants to keep the peace, and, and he wants to honour his mother. And, he, and because of her hurts, her past history with her husband uh, leaving, and, 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 and that's probably what she's dealing with. She's dealing with grief, and she's dealing with an uncertainty of, of, um, of what her future looks like. And I think you're really imp- you know, it's really important that you say that we, you want her to be involved in the relationship, but she's going about it in the wrong way. 
And that's when you need to come together as a team. Uh, you and your husband need to sit her down and say, we want you to be part of our family. But the way that you communicate, the way that you speak to us, the way that you um, share your thoughts, your attitude uh, needs to adjust. Uh, we don't want to uh, pull this trigger, but unless things change, we may not be able to have that relationship that you would like for us. Um, she may also be dealing with undiagnosed mental health issues that may not necessarily be coming evident just yet, but it could be something of concern. It may be that she's got uh, maybe a, a low level of depression. There's a lot of things that could go on in this area, and you could be there to support her and encourage her, but again, you're not a doormat. You know, even if you had a conversation one-on-one -on -one with her, you can still honour her, but don't be one that actually just allows her to dictate the conversation. Be frank, be honest, um, and say, say, I'm here for you, but I don't tolerate or I'm not going to accept that negative behaviour. And that's what your husband needs to do as well. And I think you really need to be a united team on this, and you need to feel that support. And, and also, unfortunately, it's happening, that ripple effect, it's a causing disruption in your sister-in-law and your and brother-in-law's scenario. And, and I'm very sorry about that as well. And I encourage them to be um, as proactive as possible and seek the help before it gets out of hand. And we're more than happy to help uh, them if they want to contact us at families.org.au with some resources or give me a call and be able to help them as best we can. Thank you so much to Natalie from Bunbury in WA. And is there a specific resource, Brett, that you know when someone goes to families.org.au that you've got something that deals more specifically with the idea of you know good relations between a new married couple or even as uh, we've been hearing from Natalie uh, going on for many years, but and the in-laws, is there something specific? Yeah, there is a number of articles, and I would just encourage them just to uh, go to our website, and then in the search engine, um, you can just push up a, a subject or a topic that you're uh, wanting further information of, and then it will come up with a whole series of different articles that may be applicable to you right now or in the future. Um, but if there's any concerns and you can't find exactly what you're looking for, uh, do give us a call and, and we'll be able to steer you in the right direction. Thank you so much, Natalie from WA. Let's just stay on this uh, this generation issue for a moment, Brett. Uh, I do want to invite listeners, 1-800-316-316, if you've got your own conflict issue, you'd like to get some insights on. But staying with this generational thing, of course, when we get married, a wonderful thing, thing that happens in a wedding ceremony is the idea of giving away. Uh, the bride and uh and it's it's really like a separation you were talking a little earlier about the leaving and cleaving well there is a something in that wedding ceremony that is a a cut from the family and a new family unit is formed but you've got this new uh, you know rise to a new ascendancy for the parents of the bride and groom and they become matriarch or patriarch uh, over this family and sometimes they've got insights that they want to be able to speak into the lives of that young couple and even as we've said uh, as they grow up so so uh, let's just take the side of the mother-in-law for a moment not to say that Natalie and her issues are not really, really real. But let's take the typical sort of mother-in-law position here where you want to communicate to your daughter and to your son those sorts of wisdom and pass that on. How would you do that without actually being that overbearing 
uh, all-controlling mother-in-law? Oh, there's, there's so many things I could go on here. But one of the things, you have to earn the right to speak into people's lives, and that's through relationship. And if you don't have that relationship, you can't speak into people's lives. And so if it's a strained relationship, it doesn't matter what type of wisdom you're giving or what type of experience you're sharing, unless you have earned that right or that, that trust element, it's going to fall on deaf ears. So forming that relationship is really important. And also um, asking permission. Can I share some of my thoughts? And if that person says no, then it doesn't mean it shut off completely. You just have to say, accept them. You have to accept that decision. Um, it's, it's one of those scenarios that even though you might know the best way of doing things, they have to go on their own journey of discovery and learning for themselves. So sometimes it's really important. And I've actually found that even with my own um, son and daughter-in-law with a new baby. You know, we've already got some experience. We've done that. I've got a little bit of experience in my role at Focus on the Family. I've, you know, I've got a wealth of experience and sometimes I like to say something, but at the same time, they have to discover for themselves. And I might actually say something like that. Um, can I give you a word of advice? And if they say, absolutely, then I can go on to that scenario. But I'm actually just giving some suggestions. At the end of the day, they have to make their own conclusions. They have to make their own decisions. And that's difficult, learning to let go and not be in control, even though you've got so much wisdom and so much experience. Um, it's up to that person to take it on board or not. Um, but it's all through relationship, and it's really, really important to form that healthy bond. And um, and as the same scenario that Natalie was sharing, they haven't formed that bond. They haven't earned. She hasn't earned that right for various circumstances. But that doesn't mean that you um, dismissive completely. Um, have grace, understanding, patience, communicate. Um, you know, compassion and understanding. Um, and if at the end of the day they don't want to change, then that's their decision. It's not up to you to make that changes. And uh, always so significant to be mindful that there could be all sorts of other effects, even the idea of a mental health challenge or some mild depression or any other deeper issues that could be, in fact, fueling some of the unrest. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum here and talk about young people for a few moments. Love your thoughts here, Brett. When we talk about teenagers uh, getting on with their parents, oftentimes we'll be talking to the parents about how you deal with the uh, the wayward teenager, the one going through all those rebellious years. Uh, there'll be some young people listening to us right now and uh, got a few challenges, a bit of conflict that's been going on at home or things that have recently happened. Uh, what are your thoughts for young people and how they might understand where their parents are coming from to, in order to uh, quell some of the rough waters here? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, perspective because sometimes it's always parents trying to get along well with their teens, but it's vice versa. It's, it's a two-way street. And, and if I get a chance to speak to students um, and then at the, in the evening I speak to the parents, I say the same thing. You know, one of the important things to remember is to remember that your parents are humans and they have feelings. And the same thing with parents, to understand teens, they have feelings and they are human. Having that understanding and learning to listen to one another is such an important thing. I remember uh, one, I asked a group of students, what do they want from their parents? And they said to get off their phone and to learn to listen to me. 
And then I asked to spoke to the parents, what do you want for me to speak about to your teenagers? And they said, they get off their phone and they'll learn to listen to me. So we're really close to be on the same page, but we're just not listening and we're not uh, speaking the same language. So I think it's very important to um, have uh, an understanding of listening to one another, valuing different opinions, um, hearing what they're having to say, not to butt in, um, not to judge when uh, when they make a decision. Um, when you are living under the same roof, you have to honour the family rules. You have to honour um, that what's going on in the household. There are certain responsibilities. There's certain aspects of the life to make the family run. That means cleaning your room. That means cleaning the bathroom. That means maybe helping set up the meal, uh, the, or setting up the meals, or doing the washing. There's that's how a team works together. They work together as a family and learning to take those responsibilities um, are really important. And then if you do break the rules, you have to face the consequences, not try and get out of it, but facing the consequences because that's what adulting is all about, learning to face the consequences and owning it when you do um, make a mistake and you learn from your mistakes. It doesn't define you, but at the same time, that the rules are, face the consequences, can actually do a lot of, um, a, a lot in the way of getting along with one another because, you know, your kids, um, you know, because you're a kid, you want to grow up really quickly and your parents are actually saying, hey, you're a kid, I want you to stay as a kid, I don't want you to grow up. And there's that tension, learning to let go and, and learning to actually gain that independence as well. Uh, there's a lot of tension for parents and kids alike. And as we navigate that, and it's all through relationship, and it's all through having time together and having fun together and creating great memories um, and learning to uh, respect one another's space. And that's a really important aspect as well. You know, we're growing up, and sometimes the tendency as teenagers is to see our parents as a real liability. And, uh, you know, those who are to be avoided and keep away from them at every opportunity we can because we're trying not to be under their wing. But there is... And I can't go past this. One of the Ten Commandments is for us to honour our father and mother. And that's not something that's only for teenagers, but there's real value in that. So it's not that the parents are a liability. Uh, Brett, our parents are our best assets. So somehow, rather, as a young person, you've got to actually nurture the way that you can get the best out of your parents because they're an asset in every way that you can develop in your life, whether it's uh, relationships or careers or uh, those social uh, uh, circles that you might be mixing in. These are powerful people, these parents. We've got to get on their right side, haven't we? Yeah, very much so. And I will have to just acknowledge on the side note, there'll be some people listening to this and they, they haven't had a really positive and healthy relationship with their parents. And, it, and, and maybe they're passed on or maybe that they don't have any relationship with them is that you can still honour them by you know, appreciating that they gave you life. I mean, that's a, that's a real big bonus. But for those who have got a healthy relationship and those who have got um, you know, a, a family that cares for you, you know, I remember someone saying, it's not nagging, it's, I'm just caring. And sometimes it may feel like they're nagging, but at the same time, they're actually trying to uh, prepare you for the realities of this world. And I mean, I know with my boys, they're all young adults now, is I've learned to, um, I've got to let go of being a manager and learn to become a more of a mentor and a coach. I'm still going to be their dad, but then as a result of that, I become friends with them. And, uh, and early on, you know, when the kids were younger, 
Um, I was always going to be their parent first, not their friend. But as the relationship unfolds, as they mature, um, they do appreciate those things that we've done for them. They do appreciate, um, you know, the, the little extra miles. And I was so encouraged just recently when I, my 21-year-old son was dealing with a, a person uh, with some mental health issues. And I heard him just over, overheard him on the phone. And he was saying the same words that I've shared with him. And I was so encouraged that they do listen and they do glean things. They may not appear to be, but they're going to pick up different things. So it's really important to be a, um, a healthy role model when it comes to doing life because your kids are watching all the time. And kids learn to appreciate what your mums and dads do for you. They do so very much. And, uh, and, and just knowing that parenting is a hard, is a hard job so cut them some slack at the same time. Uh, Brett, you've got your sons grown up into fine young men. I've got daughters, four of them, in fact, or grown up into fine young women. Something I had to learn many, many years ago was the way that family communication happens. Uh, when Dad raises his voice, uh, that's not always the best uh, scenario that uh, that creates any harmony in the family. And I've learned that lesson uh, time and again. But uh, this idea of how we communicate, and I'm not sure whether listeners think of me as yelling at our, our daughters as they were growing up, but I can tell you I've had uh, a few expressions uh, uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, this idea of uh, exasperation, yes, I've experienced that too. And no doubt you have too, raising your boys, Brett, but... Let's talk about some do's and don'ts in communication. I've learned that a quiet word turns away wrath and a quiet word when you've got children and and maybe it's especially daughters uh, really gets a much better response than raising your voice and uh, and becoming all sorts of authoritative. Uh, what are your thoughts here on some do's and don'ts in communication, Brett? Yeah, very much so. I mean... I there's a thing people talk about quality and quantity time and, and it, they go hand in hand and spending time together. You can't just say to your kid, I've got five minutes. Tell me your hopes and dreams. Go on, go on. Tell me, tell me, tell me now. Hurry up, hurry up. No, it all comes out of quantity time. And so when we communicate, it's because it's at a, an, an atmosphere of love and acceptance and, and doing those things together. Actually, as I said a little bit earlier, you earn the right to speak into people's lives. You ask genuine questions. You value one another. You show interest in them. Even if they don't, you know, something that you don't, um, uh, really particularly like. I mean, my boys used to like doof doof music. I'm not a fan of doof doof music, but, um, when they want to share something with me, I go, Oh yeah, I'll come and listen to that. And I listen to the drop and I'm, thinking, oh, it sounds exactly the same, but I'm genuinely interested in them. It makes it feel like they matter. And that's how you communicate because you're actually showing that other person, you you matter to me. I see you. I value you. I want to be able to hear what you have to say. And that's how we communicate. That's how we learn to uh, connect with one another. And also, when we, when we, the, the don'ts we do, every time someone says something to you that we don't like, don't become automatically or default to being defensive. Maybe there's some things of truth in there. So don't automatically put up your guard and say, oh, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to have this. I don't want to listen to you. It's actually saying, hey, they're addressing some areas that I might have some blind spots. Um, it means that you're really taking on board and, uh, and not 
um, being dismissive of them or feeling that they're judging you. Um, but it's really an also uh, vital importance on all this communication point of view is to look after oneself. When you are looking after yourself well, um, either, that means good sleep, good diet, uh, water, rest and recreation, you become a better you. And when you become a better you, you become a better father, a better mother, a better son, a better daughter. And, and that never should be neglected because when we get um, stressed, when we are overcome with uh, the, the pressures of this world, we act out on those who are closest to us. And that's so very important that we don't wait until it hits crisis. A little bit of self-care will help us become a better role model in whatever aspect of our lives we can be. Well, Brett Ryan, overflowing with wonderful wisdom, as always. Love our conversations. And I do want to point people to focus on the family's website because you mentioned just a short while ago that when you go onto the website, you can type into a search box and you might have a particular issue that you're going through and you'll find articles and resources and even big courses that people can do and all sorts of things because there's so much we could talk about in all of this uh, but there are all sorts of wonderful resources on the website families.org.au that's the website for focus on the family families.org.au and so far as getting those resources and even inviting you to speak to groups you travel around a lot, Brett. Uh, how can people get you to speak to their church or to a gathering or to a special dinner or some special uh, meeting that they've got going? Uh, you're open to those sorts of opportunities? Absolutely. We're here to serve as best we can, and, and we do a little bit of traveling. I've done, I've seen, we've been partnering with Vision Radio in the past, doing a national tour in 2018, and we've done other things with Vision Radio, and we want that to continue. But at the same time, there's Australia's a big place, and so we try and coordinate some of our speaking engagements at the same, uh, uh, you know, coordinate them all. Um, but if they go to our website, you can actually um, uh, select or request a speaker, and we'll be in contact with you as best and as soon as we can. Wonderful. It's families.org.au to connect with Brett Ryan. Brett leads Focus on the Family in Australia. Uh, relevant, practical support for every member of the family, whether you're the youngest or the oldest. Families.org.au. Brett, thanks for updating us and sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. You're more than welcome anytime. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.